People spend a lifetime searching for their purpose. Come walk in my shoes as I find mine. You're now listening to the JK Experience. Going, okay, I'm gonna take full responsibility for the happiness in my life. Good for you, you feel you're talented in that. Pursue that, who gives a crap what everybody else says, right? When you are disciplined about how you take action on the things that you desire to accomplish, does it make you better? Absolutely. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the JK Experience. What's up, JK? How do you like the voice? Dude, you sound great. I know, I like my Barry Manilow voice. Is <laughs> no, that Barry not, not Barry Manilow. No, not Manilow. Barry, what's the, what's, the, what's the guy that's got the really low voice? Barry White. Barry White, there he goes, yeah. <laughs> uh, Barry, yeah, Barry Manilow's a little bit, yeah. Yeah, he's a little higher. Yeah, he's a little bit octave no. higher. Yes. No, you sound good. I, I noticed that a little bit ago when we were talking, and I'm like, dude, you're sounding good. Right. Like, yeah, I had a pack of cigarettes last night. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. Have that. Celebrating the and Spartan I'm not even race. sick. So, you know, yeah, I just, I, I coughed and sneezed, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, I, I got my big boy voice. That'd it's be so nice, cool if right? it stayed that way. Oh, man. I would really like it, to be yeah. honest with you. I really would. You had this voice a couple weeks ago. Yeah, a while you back. Kind of. I was I was actually sick. I had, I had some kind of... Uh, bronchial something i don't know uh-huh. and it, it really deepened my voice yeah well it's been a busy week as always we say that every time but it's so true i mean it's the crazy chaos of when you got a million things going on and dude we've had a ton of different conversations right we've had highs and lows and big and small and uh introspective and reactive and challenges i mean like literally every word that is out there i think we have a metaphor and we've had a conversation about something similar to that in our life Yes, and I love it. I love it because it gives us fodder for these conversations that uh-huh. we have that are recorded. And it seems like we're constantly, constantly drawing from those. And, you know, that's that's one of the things that I kind of want to visit with you about today. I, I actually have some questions for you okay. as a coach and as a mentor and as a CEO of, of several companies. I have some questions. So are you okay with me just kind of getting into those? Yeah, or? I'm kind of still hung up on the word you just said there, fodder. What, what was it? Oh, fodder. F-O-D-D-E-R. So. Yeah. Dude, I, I have no idea what that means. I'm going old school with you, buddy. Yeah. So so fodder is it comes from way back and it was basically stuff that they would put in cannons that wasn't necessarily cannonballs okay. to shoot out. So filler? Wait yeah. So back in the day what they would do is is if they ran out of cannonballs to shoot at like other ships and stuff, uh-huh. they would put nails mm. or or scraps of iron or whatever yeah. and it you know then it turned into a shotgun. So they called that cannon fodder. Oh my gosh. So, and I may not be 100% right on that, but it's uh, all fodder. Something new. I, so, that is awesome. So, fodder is like ammunition. It's it's come to mean like ammunition for, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, Boy, good. I, I like that fodder. I thought you kind of maybe wanted to use another word, and that's the word that you made up. Because I make a <laughs> lot of words up. And yeah, you do. I, I am very good at making words up. Dude. I have a list. I can't wait because I have a list saved in my phone of Josh isms. <laughs> yes. It is yes. so much fun. And I can't um, wait until I get the opportunity. Yeah. Like, I hope it's during your TED talk yeah. that they, they get to bring me up and go, all right, and, and now to announce our guest speaker right. is James Rivera, and he's going to be, so, and I'm going to be like, hey, here's a list of Josh-isms that I have for you oh, guys. Man. It's going to be so much fun. You do it when you roast me too, I guess. Like, I don't know. Yeah, there's, a number, I mean, there's a lot of people that have a lot of words that I've made up. Oh, I, I guarantee you Tommy has some. So. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, I, and I'm convinced though that they're actually words. By the way, it's not like <laughs> I know. It's not like I don't think that they are. So, yeah. uh, they're they're definitely words. And my favorite saying when I do that is that well, it is a word be- word because it came out of my mouth. It's a word so now. If you ever hear that, you know that. Yeah. that's in my vocabulary. Yeah. All so, right, dude, hit me. Let's go. Let's rock this. All right. So, 
here's something that I just realized, and, and I, I don't know why Tommy must be on my mind because he sent me a, he sent me a podcast yesterday and the, the podcast yesterday was, was basically based around, it was a story brand podcast and it was based around uh, coaching. When you're coaching people in your organization or even outside of your organization, when you're coaching people and the question of the podcast was, what is the difference between a cheerleader and a coach? There's no punchline. Mm-hmm. Like what's the difference mm-hmm. between a cheerleader and a coach? Mm-hmm. Are you comfortable answering that? Yeah, I definitely am. You know, uh, and it's I'm glad you're you're asking questions like this because one of the things that um, has been on my mind and what I've thought been thinking about is that you know, uh, are you playing life on the sidelines? Or are you actually playing in the game? Right. Sure. And I think that's very easy with when it comes to this. Are you a cheerleader for other people, or are you actually coaching other people? Right. Um, you know, we do a lot of coaching around here um, with our agents and independent contractors. I also do a lot of coaching outside of our comp- our main company as yep. well too. And then of course I coach my kids, right? I'm always coaching them. And, and uh, you know, when I, I think the biggest thing is, a, is a, the difference in a cheerleader and a coach is, you know, a cheerleader is really a fan that they're, they're there to give you the moral support, but there's never any, like there's never any contact, let's say, right? It's always from a distance. It's mm-hmm. always from the stands. It's always the rah-rah person. It's always the one that's trying to fill your cup as much as they can, right? But the coach is going to get in there with you, right? They're, they're, their coach is the one that's in there actually strategizing with you. The coach is the one they're actually hoping you, helping you stay accountable to the things that you're committed to or the team is committed to, right? Um, the, the, the coach is really hands-on, right? And so I think oftentimes that we have a lot of cheerleaders in our life, and they're not willing to go there with us and actually help us in that coaching aspect. I don't know if that helps answer that question, but I mean, that's really the difference. What I see as a coach, as, a, as opposed to as a cheerleader. I think it does. I think it does. So, so here's my question to you in your, in your coaching career, let's, let's talk about professional coaching, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're coaching people even outside of your businesses. Mm-hmm. Have you found times where you were being more of a cheerleader and less of a coach? Right. And also a two part question. Also, do you feel like you almost have to be a little bit of a cheerleader and a coach? Yeah, I, absolutely, buddy. Um, I mean, I would say first of all, like we're all we should we're all maturing, right? We're all progressing to, to hopefully. Well, I shouldn't say we're all. We hopefully are all progressing, sure. right? Um, as a coach, I mean, you're developing more skills. You're learning different ways to ask the question. You're you're learning different ways to dive into the problem so you can uncover the solution. And often when you're coaching people, like you're having to peel back an onion, right? And every layer that you're peeling back is pretty painful for the other person because they've given themselves so many false narratives. They've given themselves such a, um, a false story in their life of why they can't succeed or why they've only succeeded to a certain level. As a coach, as you peel that back, you're going to be solving problems along the way, right? Um, a lot of it is too, is like when we first start with people, man, and you know this firsthand, you know, we have to be the cheerleader first so that we build that rapport and that trust with them so that they know that we're like, listen, we're here to love on you and we're here to support you and we're here to help you get to that next level. So we just got to, we just got to show you that we're going to be here every single day and we're going to cheer you on. We're going to fill your cup. And when you're ready for the next level of coaching, then that's when the accountability comes. If you hit it with them right from the beginning, do sometimes these people already come are coming to us um, really like a shell of a person of who they used to be. Right. And so our job is to build the confidence back into them. So that way we, then we have the, I think then we also have the authority in their life to go there and help them stay accountable to the things that they say are important. You are absolutely right. I've, I've experienced this firsthand, both, you know, from, from you to me and me to other people. And I've Mm -hmm. seen you do it with other people as well. 
And I think you do. I think they have to know that you support them. Like, like just you, they, they need to know that you, that they have your full support, I guess is what I need to say. Right. Hey, listen, I know, I know who you are. I know where you come from. I know what, I know what you've done. I got you. All right. So you got to trust in me. We got to build this relationship, but now moving forward. And and that's one of the things that I struggled with personally is that accountability. You have to ask those people, Hey, can I keep you accountable to this? Because if there is no accountability, you are not a coach. You're just a cheerleader. That's and exactly I, I right. struggle with that personally. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, it's a challenge. I mean, one of the things that you can do as a coach is if you're, if you're really not going to that accountability part of it, you're going to burn yourself out. I mean, you could only be a cheerleader for so long when you see True. people not reach those, uh, those levels and those destinations that they've desired to be in their life, you know, to accomplish in their life. So um, I think you can really burn out. And I think that's what happens a lot. I think that's also the maturity of you as a person, as a coach, to see that, listen, I don't want to continue to burn out in my life. And why are the people that I'm coaching not successful? Yeah, it, You can really look to that accountability factor because if you put that into play, you have permission from them that you're going to help them stay accountable. Dude, that's when people's lives change. You bet. And, and if we're not, if we're not seeing that change, it can be daunting and it can be frustrating. And we just go, man, what am I doing? Why am I doing mm-hmm. this? Yeah. So I think my recommendation is if you're at a plateau with somebody you're coaching or, or somebody you're trying to help improve, you have to look at that and go, have I been too much cheerleader and not enough coach? Right. Well, and I'll tell you what, we did this. This is a perfect example of what we did as a company, right? You know, we took the inner core of leadership within mm-hmm. our company and we said, okay, like, here's the problem that we're seeing. Here's what's going on. And then we're going to reverse engineer it. And so we're going to kind of go like, okay, so what was the, so because we have this problem right here, well, what was the problem that, that alluded to that problem? And we identified that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if we have to get this better, then what's, how do we get it? How do we get it better? What's the step before that one? So we really started at like uh, number five, then we went to number four, then we went to number three, then we went to number two, and then we went to number one. And number one was accountability for us. We, I mean, it was interesting. We never would have started with accountability. So when you reverse engineer it to find out where the problem really came from, we identified that, listen, it all starts with accountability. When we have accountability, then we have number two, then we have number three, then we have number four, number we have number five, which is where we want to be at. We want to have the success where number five leads us to, right? So we did that internally as an organization. So it was an awesome process for us to actually walk through and we're implementing it. We're changing it. We're doing those things right now that we said that we would do in order for us to get the results that we desire as a company to, to, to get. For sure. So I have, I have been fortunate to kind of sit through some of your coachings and listen in on your coachings. One of the, one of the really neat things that, that I think you do is you start off and you say this, you say, Hey, tell me a win, right? Right. Share a win with me, like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And so kind of walk me through the psychology of that. Tell me why that's important and tell me where you go from there. Right. You bet. Well, this is nothing that I obviously invented. This was stuff that I had learned through other coaching opportunities I've had in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and the psychology behind it really is, is that, if, you know, when, first of all, when you get to the, when you get to that call, if you're the coach, right, it's just like anything. I mean, if you're coaching kids or, or if you're coaching teenagers, right. Or if you are coaching adults, I mean, you have to bring the enthusiasm. Like you have to be the most yeah. excited person ready for that call, ready for that practice, ready for that game, because your energy is going to dictate how everybody feed around you, right? Yes. And feed off of around you, I should say. 
And so it's that's that's what I do. I mean, I bring it at the very beginning. I mean, I'm excited to be on that conversation. And chances are what most people try to do when they get into a coaching situation on the professional side of it is they want to tell you all of the bad things, all of the things that have failed, sure. all of the things that are they're, 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 they're mad about in their life. And you don't want them to go there yet. Right. You don't want to go there. Your whole point is just like, listen, I don't care about the 25 things that went wrong this week. You got to tell me a win. And I don't care if it's in business. I, I just want to know when, when maybe it's in life. Maybe it was the fact that you just did something personally for yourself. Let's start on a positive note. Let's find out why that was a win and why that was important. Let's go go from there into our numbers, right? What our goals were financially or what our goals were and our commitments were that week. And then once we get through all of that, then we can talk about some of the stuff that might be broken in business or in life. Yeah. And I, I've seen that and I, I've seen people continually grow from that once you've once you've kind of uncovered that yeah. or peeled back the layers as you say it. So do you feel like uh, do you, do you feel like having having them kind of share that with you do, do you think that aids in the accountability down the road like do you do you go back to it and say hey listen if you want if you want some more wins like that then you need to do a b and c well i think it really what it does is it sets the tone for the call right so okay. going into that call the other person on the other side, they know that they have to show up with a win. They know that they have to have that mindset of like, okay, I had a really crappy week, but something good had to have happened to me. What is it? Because I know Josh is going to ask, yeah. right? And so it already sets that tone from the beginning is that, listen, as soon as we fall, we, we fall into that half hour or that hour of session, like their mindset better be on something positive from the beginning. And it really is amazing how much that changes your outlook on stuff, right? I mean, once again, I have I've had personal coaches as well too, and that I always had to say that too. And mm-hmm. there were there were times where I did nothing, yeah. right? I'm just like I have no idea. And then I had to really think. Well, I said, well, I'm here and I'm on the call and I'm breathing. And he's like, good. If that's good all enough. you got, then that's fine. Yeah. But it's a win, is it not? I'm like, sure. yeah, because it could be worse. You're right. I mean, you know, and it does start to show the appreciation that you really do and how much you take, adv- you, you take advantage of the things in your life that you take for granted, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, once again, it is just the best way to start a call. It's the best, you know, like with the kids. Uh, a great example is with the young kids, I'll always start a practice after the game and I'll say, okay, guys, what do we do good? You know, because a lot of people want to go back. Okay, well, what did we do bad? What yeah. do we need to work on? Right? Yeah. No, no. We're going to talk about, hey, what did we do really good that game? Right? And then they're like, well, I don't know. We didn't do this good. No, no, no. I don't want to know all the bad because they tend to, they have a tendency to go to the bad right away. I want to know what we did good. Right? Did we rebound good? Did we pass the ball good? Did we shoot good? Did we run the offense good? And then once they have that, they're like, it's amazing how like you know their 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 shoulders were hunched, their heads were down because they're waiting for that talk mm-hmm. about all the yep. bad things that they did. And they're kind of starting to laugh now. They're they're getting they're smiling on their face, right? They're standing upright. They're excited to be there now. And then I and then instead of saying, "Hey, listen, what did you do bad?" I'm like, "Hey, what are the things that we need to improve on?" So you're kind of transitioning into this other thing. Is like, listen, just because we failed, just because we didn't do something good, doesn't mean that it's something that we can't fix or that we can't improve on, right? It's the same thing in coaching that we talk about all the time. Hey, you went out and you had a horrible, miserable open house. Uh, hey, you went out there and you lost a, a market analysis opportunity for a listing. Like, okay, well, that what do we need to improve on then? What sure. do you think we need to improve on in those situations, right? And it's just a different mindset when you can look at it as an opportunity to get better and something to work on. And so many people want to beat themselves up as like, dude, I'm a total failure. I don't want to talk about it or life sucks and everything that I'm doing right now is terrible. It's like, no, dude, this is a hard grinding process. 
you got to constantly look at making progress in it. You also constantly looking at what you can do to improve the situation. For sure. So that just reminds me, I, I've got to put it on my schedule. I, I want to come attend one of your practices like oh, this yeah. summer. Yeah, I, I want to watch you coach because I, I guarantee you I'm going to see parallels between how you coach these kids and how you coach adults. Uh-huh. So I, I want to do that. Secondly, okay, so you've established, you've established a win. You have asked for accountability or you've earned the accountability, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you have somebody who is just, who's maybe a little bit stagnant. They've kind right. of plateaued out and they're not taking the accountability real serious. How do you ramp it up? Give us some ideas on how you ramp up that accountability and go, hey, listen, man, are, are we just going to, I mean, I, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let you take that. No, I mean, I think that it's, it's a great question because um, I love this saying, and I think it was John C. Maxwell that said this, is that if you don't address the issues in your life, you're going to become the greatest version of a limited self. All right. If you don't address the greatest issue, if you don't address the issues in your life, you're going to become the greatest version of your limited self. And I think as a coach, that's what we want to continue to go back to is like, are you right now? You don't see it right now, but you're limiting yourself. You can break through that ceiling in your life, right? You have so much more potential. I see it. I see it in you. I know that if you take this path, like if you trust the process, because we've seen so many other people experience the success out of it. And here's the thing. You are no different than them. Just because their paycheck has more zeros behind it, just because their success has more years behind it, it doesn't mean that you can't get there, right? Yeah. And so part of it is that going back to like, there's moments where you do have to cheerlead with them. You have to make sure that you are helping them see the potential of what their life can be like if they stay committed to these disciplines, right? So you're constantly reevaluating like, well, maybe the disciplines are wrong. Maybe the way that we're holding each other accountable is wrong. Right. For sure. And so you're having to make some adjustments along the way. And we talk about that. Like, you know, when you're in a rut, you know, you have to identify that you're in the rut and then you have to make some adjustments. Right. Um, I've had to do that in my life. And we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about when I was having my, that health issues and my energy and stuff like that. Well, I was doing what I thought were all the right things. My body just wasn't reacting the way that it should have. Right. And so I had to make some adjustments, man, when I made those adjustments, dude, I got so much energy back into my life, which obviously fell into every other aspect of my business and other areas of my life that it really helped those. So that's what it was a coach. We have to be able to identify, Hey, listen, right now you're working your butt off. And right now you're working 80 hours a week. Like, what do you think that's doing to your marriage? What do you think that's doing to your, your relationship with your kids? Uh, what is it doing to your health? When's the last time you went and worked out or, Hey, listen, when's the last time you had a really good meal? Like how's your energy right now? Right. So we as coaches have to be able to help people see things that they can't see that's right in front of them. So true. So true. And I, I I love that. That is so important to, to, to be able to, to have that outside perspective looking in, because sometimes when we're the one in in the trenches, in the rut, Mm -hmm. we're not, we're not able to recognize that. And it just takes somebody else pointing it out going, Hey, what if you tried this? Right. And I will tell you, like you did that for me a couple weeks ago, right? You had the conversation with me. I was like, I mean, I was so close to the situation. I couldn't step back from it right away. Sure. I needed people in my life to help, help me identify things that were really causing me to react in certain ways. Right. So I just, I mean, I think it's really important for us as coaches to understand, like you have to, like, that is one of you, one of your jobs is to help identify that with people. The other thing I just want to tail on this too, is that, um, it can't be Playa's platitude. 
you know, as a coach, you better be living this out too. Sure. You know, there's nothing worse than a coach or a parent for that matter to say, do as I say, but not as I do. Yeah. Right. And so if a coach, if you're telling your people that they got to have a morning routine, you better dang sure have a morning routine, right? If you're going to tell people that, Hey, listen, it's all about the, your food intake and make sure that you're eating healthy. And they see you at freaking Wendy's grabbing lunch every day or that Burger King grabbing lunch every day. I mean, seriously, like that is like that. There's nothing that will, that will cut your integrity faster than you not living out the living out what people, um, what you tell people to do in their life for sure. So and I've seen that enough, and I just kind of had a tangent on that just because I've seen so many coaches that have said that. So many leaders yeah. say that all the time, right? They hold other people to a high standard and high accountability, and they, they give themselves the excuses why they don't need to be to a high accountability. Sure, sure. So, um, and I know I know we're, we're towards the end here, but uh, so wrap this up for me. How do you... How do you leave off with your calls, your coaching calls, or how do you leave off with your with your your coaching um, sessions? How do I lead? How do you leave off with leave, it? How up, yeah. how do you mm-hmm. end them? Do you do you put up a challenge for next week? What do you do? Yeah, I mean, most of the time, what happens is during that, we're going to discover some things that we need to improve on. We're going to discover some things that we need to maybe make some adjustments with. Uh, we're also going to identify the goals that we have for the rest of that week or that rest of that month. And then what I do, and and once again. Um, to be completely honest, I don't, oh, I'm not always the best at this one. Usually I'll, usually I'll do one of two things. Usually I'm repeating back to them what they've agreed to do for that week. Right. Okay. But what I like to do, what I would, what I should be doing more of is having them repeat it back to me. Uh-huh. It's so much more important for them to do that because well, first of all, they wrote it down and then they've taken ownership of it. Right. Yep. Sometimes when I've already, like when I repeat it back to them, it's because they've said it to me enough that I know that's written down and I know that it's going to be there in their routine and we might be running out of time and I need to make sure that we wrap it up. You right? bet. But ideally, if you're a coach, that's what you want to challenge them to do at the end of it is to have them repeat the commitments that they made the decision to do for the rest of this week or the rest of this month. That's great. I don't do that right now. Right? I, I'm going to work on that for sure. It's good. I mean, once again, just small hacks. Um, and, and it, 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 it really does well, it really, really works well. And then of course, obviously, I mean, you can always do progress reports. Hey, listen, when you get that project done, I want to know, or, Hey, listen, you said you're going to get that done by five o'clock today. I want a text message and a thumbs up that you got it done. Good. So those are, those are higher level accountability yeah. hacks that you can use. But for the most part, if you can just leave it with that, where they're referring back to you, the commitments that they made that's going to make sure that there's already, it's in their head. It's on a piece of paper. It's in their computer and they're going to be committed to it. I love it. So yeah, you good. That's that it. it. I mean, that, that's what I got. I mean, we, I know we could go on all day <laughs> No, it's and good. Uh, let's, let's save some for next episode. Yeah. Like it, buddy. All right. Sweet. There you go. Coaching one-on-one, man. There it is. We'll get into some high level stuff here. I think we should definitely do another level. Oh, for sure. Because so. you know, there are people who, you know, who are in my situation yeah. where they're like, Hey, I just want to take it up a notch. Uh-huh. What do I do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, really you got to, it's so much, there's so much to coaching and, and just really it's an evolution of it, man. You got to write, ask the right questions. You got to have the right sequencing. There's ways that you can uh, really help peel that onion back better. And I, you know, these are things that I've just learned over the years and from my mentors, from people that have coached me and then, you know, to, in hindsight, realize what they were doing through that process. It's just brilliant, but it all is about helping that person out, right? For Everything sure. that we're trying to do is to help them get to achieve the goals that they want to commit to. For so. sure. All right, guys. Hey, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. And uh, as always, hey, we know there's somebody out there that is uh, would find this valuable. So make sure you pass it along. Okay.
Wait, before you go, we want you to know how thankful we are for you listening to the JK Experience. You're the reason we keep sharing valuable content every week. If you found any value in this podcast, please subscribe to our channel and write us an honest review. We want to know what you think so that we can grow with you. We'll catch you next time.